This podcast contains sensitive topics such as murder, violence, and sexual abuse. Welcome back to Listen Carefully in the third installment of the Scott Peterson case. Uh, right now, it's just me because Lindsay ran downstairs to uh, look for brown sugar. So hopefully that takes about an hour so that I can just do the podcast by myself. I imagine without the distraction of Lindsay, I'll get through so much more information. Hey, um, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Oh, God. Dang it. <laughs> yes, we have brown sugar. Did you hear me the whole time? Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've decided, so you know how like I was looking for a catchphrase before and how to like start these episodes? I think what I'm gonna start doing is just start the episode without you and like see when you end up popping in. Although that sounds productive, I don't think it's a good idea. It'll be like a jack in the box, but like with you. It's like do 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 like when is Lindsay gonna like pop up? You know, keep people on their toes. <laughs> uh, for those listening who can't see Lindsay, I'm is that speechless. I can tell she has an insult burning in her heart, but she was uh, chewing on seaweed. <laughs> so uh, this is already just such a good start. People are like, wow, Sam should just host by himself the whole time, all the time. Actually, no one said that. I think, I think there's a Sam following. There is. I think it's just your wife. Yeah, that's well. I was I was gonna say Callie, but <laughs> actually, no. Scratch that. Scratch that. Your wife's neutral. It's just Callie. Yeah, no. It's literally. So my best friend Callie is like literally obsessed with this podcast and has uh, re-listened to it like multiple, multiple times. No one will ever be a bigger fan of me than Callie Davis. She thinks only I'm funny though, and smart. So okay, I think I think Kelly just says that to you. <laughs> but behind closed doors, she wears like a picture of your face on her shirt. She's like, no one can know that I listen for Lindsay. <laughs> no. Um, are we giving shout-outs? Is that what we're doing? Uh, we can. Okay, I have a shout-out. Okay. I have a shout-out to someone who's not yet a fan of the show. Isn't that annoying? Not yet a fan of the show? Yeah, not yet a fan of the show. But why are we shouting them out? <laughs> we, we should be fighting them. His name is Ben Ferguson. Ferguson. Who is, who is okay, that? He's, he's one of my instructors, and he's really into true crime. And I was like, well, you can't be that into true crime if you haven't listened to our podcast. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'll listen if you give me a shout out. Oh, really? So, so now we have to, like, give people shout outs every, every episode so yeah. that they listen? Okay, off topic, but I have a funny work story. Okay, so I'm leaving work, and I, I'm at a I work at a hospital. And by work, I mean I don't get paid to do work because I'm a student. So I see this guy in a wheelchair. Basically, it is Santa Claus. Like, the guy is Santa Claus, and he's in a wheelchair and in a hospital gown, and he has no legs. So I'm like, obviously, this is a patient. So I go up to him, and I'm like, sir is there anything I can help you with here? And he's like, I expect him to say Merry Christmas, first of all, because he's literally Santa Claus. But instead, he says, cigarette! <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, oh, are you looking for a cigarette? And he's like, 
yeah, I'm trying to find a cigarette right now. I'm rolling around here. And I'm like, well, I don't think, you know, anyone out here has a cigarette, but can I get you back over here? And I point to the hospital where he just came from. And he's like, no, I'm not coming in until I find a cigarette. No one carries uh, tobacco products on like hospital property you're like not allowed to oh i'm sure he found someone though because i mean there's nothing to me more relatable than standing outside of a hospital in a hospital gown looking for a cigarette <laughs> that's sad that's sad it's, my, it's mom, terrible because... my mom like secretly vapes in the bathrooms like when she's in I, the know, hospital i don't judge i don't judge that because it doesn't hurt anyone if you're doing it by yourself they they like you to think Actually, I can't. I don't think I should say anything else. He <laughs> <laughs> gets sued immediately. Yeah, seriously. Well, anyway, what are we here to talk about? Like, are you just going to cut everything? This is. And... No, I'm not going to cut anything. I've decided to just stop cutting editing. Our stuff. Yeah, this I is did. really bad news for me. <laughs> it is bad news for you. I feel like I struggle to get like basic points across. <laughs> have you ever watched me try to have a conversation? It's like not good. Yeah, I see it all the time. It's it's terrible. <laughs> it's um no i figured like the best way to keep you on track from now on is to like threaten you with like not editing the podcast i think you're the one that kind of rambles though between the two of us okay we have been through this many times and i only ramble because you distract me by making faces so well half of that's true i should cut your video too (laughs) like just make the video just me making faces well, I do want to do that. Make well, a moving on. Oh. We're, we're still talking about S- Scott Peterson. Also, there's a bunch of birds chattering outside my window. Can you hear them? No, not okay, like even at all. There's like 50 mm. red-bellied squeaker ducks or whatever the heck they're called. Are they, in, outside. Are they in the room with us right now? <laughs> <laughs> no, my husband feeds them and they, they're like rats. They just keep coming back. <laughs> um... Yeah, so last uh, installment of Scott Peterson. We did kind of record this episode, but the file got corrupted. But I think that's okay. Um, we'll be even cooler now. I totally forgot that we actually recorded this. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about the um, alternative, alternative theories. theories. Yep. The, you can find these at Scott Pepperman is sexy and innocent.com.net.org. Um but yeah, we're gonna. I think we're mostly gonna talk about the burglary, but there are other couple of like scattered conspiracy theories that we can cover mm-hmm. if we feel like it. But mm-hmm. let's yes. talk. Let's talk burglary. Yeah. So actually, after listening to, because I don't have time to like sit and read, because I I suck. I'm sorry. Like I'm in school, but I try to listen to people talk about this, and I try to go to good sources. And honestly, I'm kind of on the fence now. Like, Sharon Rocha, forgive me, but I'm kind of like, it is kind of weird that there was a burglary right next door, well, across the street. Like, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that you're, like, suddenly and randomly on the fence with this. <laughs> um, I think the the founders of Scott Peterson Appeal would be really happy that you're joining the dark side on that one. Yeah, actually, I've been visiting this website, um, scottpetersonisinnocent.org.com yep. lately, and it's kind of changed my view on things. No, actually, no, I'm serious, though. Like, I do, I am a little bit on the fence, like, what if Scott, but then it's like, everything is just, how tremendously unlucky are you? 
Like that you're well, you're caught blonde haired fleeing for the border with your brother's driver's license and the you know, like how like Well, let's get into it. Let's talk so for those who don't know the burglary that we're talking about is that during all of the craziness surrounding the disappearance of Lacey Peterson before they found her body, um, there was a burglary that happened between December 24th and December 27th. Um, so right Wait. smack dab in the middle. What? Did you just give a date range? That's what, yeah, because they don't know technically when the robbery occurred. Well, what does the police report say? Well, see... But that's the thing, there's several... Okay, so let's talk about it. All right, so this woman who lives in the neighborhood, her name is Diane Jackson, she's, like, hella fucking old, and she's, like, driving down, like, listening to her, like, oldies music, and she looks outside and sees that the Medina house, which was directly across the street from Scott and Lacey Peterson... Um, there was a white van and men, like, putting stuff into the van. Um, she does not call the police because why would you, I guess, if you are witnessing a robbery at roughly 1030 in the morning? Um, she doesn't call the police. And then a few days later, after news about Lacey comes up, uh, she finally calls the police and is like, hey, I was driving on Christmas Eve. Around 10.30, there was, like, a hella suspicious robbery, and the police looked into it. Yes, so she claims the robbery happened on the 24th, but correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, she didn't report it until the 26th, is that correct? She reported it the 27th. The 27th, okay, and yeah. for some, and then the police report says that it happened on the 26th, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So, if you've ever seen uh like any theories surrounding the burglary would be explained they always bring up that by the 26th uh the peterson street was swarming with tv news crews so the odds of them deciding that it's a good idea to burglarize a home in front of national news or local news mm -hmm. seem like a not smart idea even for like someone that's you know right not necessarily a genius. Well, not to see, profile people, but this is sometimes what's hard about talking about like true crime stuff is that like when so we have someone, we have a witness, Diane Jackson, who claims it happened on Christmas Eve in the morning. She said roughly around ten thirty, and then the the police actually catch the robbers who are Donald Pierce and Stephen Todd, um, and they say that it happened on the twenty sixth which has been pretty much debunked considering there were reporters definitely outside. I always um, wondered, is there footage? Because they said they were, like, taking shots of the street and stuff. Like, is there footage of the house around 1030? Like, I Oh, know. I don't know. I mean, clearly no, no footage that, you know... Is exculpatory? ...shows a, a robbery happening. Yeah. So the, there's a few other things that's interesting about this story. So... It happened, so it just so happens that a home inspector for the Medinas, which was the house that was burglarized, came at like 8.30. He said he left by about 9.30. And then an hour later is when this happened, right? This is when the burglary happened. The, the guy was named something Nickerson. I, I wrote it down quickly because I was like, oh, this seems important. 
Mm-hmm. And he was an inspector. He actually inspected the Petersons home before. So he knew Scott and Lacey. Um, but he was inspecting the Medina's home and he claims that he saw a white van parked outside the Medina's house that was empty. Now that's kind of interesting because there's other people who saw a van, but they claim that it was tan. So Miss Jackson. Well, this is the most like unreliable neighborhood on the planet, as we can see Mm -hmm. from like how many people saw Lacey. And then I heard someone claims they saw Lacey confront the burglars, but like that sounds like hearsay. I don't know that that's actually true because that would be literally proving that she was there. Um, Now, another thing that's interesting is there are some people that, okay, the entire idea that the burglars could have abducted Lacey. So they went from deciding to burglarize a home and take a safe, which they did. They did take the safe. In addition, they put her in the back of the van. I'm sure there's plenty of room. And that's kind of weird because, you know, like, I, I, I don't know what their criminal history is, but if you're just stealing a house, you're doing it when no one's home because you don't want to involve other people, right? Right. There was someone who said they saw a pregnant woman get out of a van and like with like a guy and like urinate and then be forced back into the van. Oh my god, so, I literally have yeah. never heard that before. Really? Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, that's like the first I've ever heard of that in terms of like the robbery. I know that the main theory surrounding the robbery is that she confronted the robbers, they kidnapped her, and they ended up killing her, throwing her in the lake after they saw in the news um that that's where Scott Peterson was when she went like dis- when she disappeared or when she went missing yeah but i've never okay. heard of like eyewitnesses or anything so sergeant cloward received a call from tom harshman reporting december 28th a pregnant woman next to a van some people say tan van it depends on the source right mm-hmm. uh they saw a pregnant woman urinating by the side of the road and then being pushed into the van did they and say the where person- at like uh, in the this, neighborhood by the park it was it was on the side of some road like probably in the city i don't know but it, it wasn't in their neighborhood it was it also was on the 28th yeah so one of the reasons Lindsay and i chose to do the scott peterson uh case is because hulu put out a documentary that really really highlighted the burglary like theory of it all i say really highlighted but i was actually irritated because the entire series they like alluded to like them talking about the burglary and it was like the last 20 minutes of like the last episode (laughs) yeah but it became like this like pro scott innocence yeah big time it was super weird because it was like the whole time they're explaining you know obviously him being tried by the media was shitty but they kind of just randomly were like oh yeah and then all this stuff but the burglars, like you said, Steve and Todd, they were caught. They took the cops to some of the stolen property, which included a safe, which contained $50,000 of jewelry and a weed trimmer. So it's kind of like, <laughs> obviously, I don't know. This just seems really unusual. I don't know. Because the thing is, is like, okay, I think this is really important. If Lacey was home and was walking the dog, which I don't even know if that's even true, that she even was walking the dog at that point. But if she was doing that, this is very relevant. Of now, course this it is, entire yeah. theory is based on Kenzie being in the leash, in the backyard with a muddy leash on, but Lacey is still home. 
Because if you remember the timeline, it was like, you know, Scott left for the warehouse, Lacey walked the dog, um, or whatever. And then at, by 10, 17, the dog was put back into the backyard because it was wandering around with the leash on. So the idea was Lacey never walked the dog. Scott put the dog in the backyard to make it look like she walked the dog. He left the gate open. That's what the prosecutor's theory was. Right. So if this would mean that Lacey was home and put the dog in the backyard with the leash on and left the gate open herself. You know? Yeah. I So I have a few issues with this theory. Um, the first issue I have is that this robbery took place at 1030, according to Diane Jackson, the person who drove by. But the Medinas, whose house it was, left for vacation at 9 a.m. So that means they were only gone for an hour and a half before their house gets robbed, which is, like, pretty ballsy for some, like, burglars to do, especially when people have said that, or I'm not, not people, but the robbers, Stephen Todd and uh, Donald Pierce have said that they, like, that Steve Todd was riding his bike past their house and, like, was, like, tracking when they were going to be home or not. Um, and they they claimed it happened on the December 26th. Um, so no one really points out in, in this timeline how they would be, how they would know that they were going on vacation and not coming back. You said the Medinas say this happened on the 26th? No, I'm saying the Medinas... Um, I said the robbers, Steve Todd and Donald Pierce, said it happened on the 26th. Okay, okay. So, so the Medinas left their residence on December 24th at 9 a.m. At 9 a.m. Yep, and they returned on the 27th at, like, 2 p.m. or something. Mm -hmm. So, like, the point I'm trying to make is that, like, why would robbers only wait an hour and a half after they leave to rob well, the house in, in broad for daylight? They're like, we forgot the Christmas gifts. Like, they're not well, how do back. they know that they're gone for that many days? Because if they're packing up their car. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. I mean, I would. I just think them. I would like just wait. But the bigger issue I have with this is that, as we know, the Ramsey's next door neighbor who put the dog in the backyard at 1017 has no recollection of this robbery taking place on the 24th. And this person is obviously being kind of active and outside, considering that she, like, let the dog back in. Um, the other thing I, I find weird is that we have an entire neighborhood of, like, what I assume to be, like, almost, like, old people who are constantly looking outside, considering how many people saw Lacey Peterson, but only one person who just happened to be driving by saw this robbery take place. And the reason for that, I think, is I think the robbery happened on Christmas. I don't think it happened on Christmas Eve. Dun, dun, dun. There, would, there would still be news reporters, wouldn't there? Not yet, because the news reporters didn't start showing up until around one or two o'clock on Christmas Day. That's because she was only re, she was reported missing um, late on the twenty fourth. So I think that this robbery happened in the early morning of the twenty fifth. And that's why nobody really saw it happen because it was Christmas they were morning. Outside. 
Yep. Because this neighborhood was unbelievably active on Christmas Eve. Everyone saw everyone. Like the house inspector. Every, yeah, I mean, Ms. there's Jackson. so much detail in all these things that people were seeing that day. And specifically with the dog, we know that the dog had to be placed in the backyard between 1010 and 1025. So we're saying that this woman just went into her house and like called it a day and never looked back outside at this robbery thought, that was happening across the street. I thought the robbery happened at 1140, not 1030. 1030 a.m. Okay. So that goes, I, like, I wonder because, like I said, that will directly go against the theory that if it happened after 1030 and the dog was put in the backyard at 1017 and we know that based on the neighbor's receipt of when she got back from the store and saw mm -hmm. the dog. Um, then that would mean that Lacey, like, Lacey couldn't have been confronting the robbers if they weren't there yet. Exactly. Yeah. I, I truly know, believe I this happened on Christmas, and I think that the woman who drove by got her time and days wrong. Okay, well. Especially because she changed it, like, six times. <laughs> what about all the people that saw Lacey? Well, we've talked about that before, and with the prosecution bringing in all of those uh, different people in the neighborhood that look like Lacey coming up. Yeah, so the other problem is people who are supportive of Scott being innocent, they don't acknowledge that there were so many people that claim to see Lacey within like this huge like multi-mile radius. Mm -hmm. They're just talking about people within the neighborhood, though. Like They're like, oh, people in the neighborhood saw her like um is it De Demma Wolf or whoever the pregnant lady who had the golden retriever who was oh I know who I didn't know who you're talking about but I I'm not sure yeah but like she was walking her dog that day like did everyone confuse Lacey for her you know what I'm saying like did everyone confuse her and think that no not at all, but see, like, the thing is, <laughs> this is, like, the one thing I learned in my psychology degree, so I'm actually excited to use my my expertise here, is that eyewitness t testimony is one of the, like, most inaccurate tools when it comes to investigations. For example, there is a guy that always walks his dog, like, in by my house, he walks the dog, like, I would say three or four times a week right? And the last time I saw him, he said hi, and he had headphones on and, like, red pants and, like, a black sweater, okay? Um, yeah, I saw him yesterday. Was it yesterday? The day before? Sometime this week. But if someone came to the door and was like, oh, did you see this guy walking his dog yesterday wearing a pair of red pants and a black sweater? I'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, because I remember the black paint or the red pants, yeah. the black sweater. like And your brain fills in the rest. Exactly. Well, what about the tape that proves Scott's innocent that disappeared? The tape? What are you talking about? <laughs> so, there was a tape um, recorded conversation in which Lieutenant Aponte, who was a prison guard, uh -huh. overheard a conversation between... Uh, I think who was it? Sean Timbrey and then his brother Adam. A few weeks after Lacey disappeared, Aponte sent in a tip to the police. He heard um, Sean Timbrey talking to his brother Adam. So Adam's Sean's brother. 
And he, his, Adam is a close friend of Steve Todd at this point. Adam said Lacey confronted the burglars. And while he's talking about this, Sean's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. This could be recorded. This conversation was taped because it's a um, over the phone prison conversation. So Aponte called the police and was like, hey, this is important. He gave a tip. They didn't get back to him. He called them again. He sent in a copy of the tape and he actually had a signed affidavit. Um, I don't know if it was taken at that time or a later time that he heard this conversation and um, provided a tape. So Modesto police says there's no copy of this tape and Aponte doesn't have a copy. And when people have later followed up with him, he was like, I'm not really sure what I heard. Like, yeah, I, I just to. don't think any of it really happened. <laughs> what? That's very compelling. This guy. But it's not though, because uh, so I read into that, like, because it goes hand in hand, obviously, with, like, the whole burglary thing. And, like, first of all, at that moment in time, Modesto police were dealing with over, like, 40,000 leads. So, like, this guy calling in and being like, I overheard prisoners talking is, like, not that compelling, especially when there was no proof to back it up. Because when they looked into it... There was no proof. There was no tape of this phone call happening. It's possible that the guard just overheard things wrong. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it sounded like just rumors. Because, like, if it, if there was, like, a... Here's the thing. Even if there was a tape that had this information on it that was, like, given to police, you still can't authenticate, like, what they're saying is true. Because, like, as we learned from the John Binet story, how many people, especially, like, active criminals, love to take credit for things they didn't sure. do? You know what I mean? In fact, in in, <laughs> in the John Binet case, one of those, uh, uh, not subjects, but suspects, was named Steve Todd. Dun, dun, dun. It all is connected, guys. Yeah, so part obviously. of the simulation. So mm -hmm. I find that interesting that you can dismiss this as basically hearsay because it is hearsay, like as a technical term. But mm -hmm. um, I think because it had a recorded tape that he submitted to the police and signed an affidavit, it is a little bit more official than hearsay. But oh, I thought you said that they there was no tape. There is no tape. And Aponte does not have a copy of the tape. So I don't know that that means that he never submitted a copy. He doesn't know anything about the tape. But I do think that's very compelling. because. But all they said, um, Adam said something like, oh, he threatened her or something. But again, was that, I mean, I guess it would have to be Lacey because the other pregnant chick, she didn't say that was her. She said she saw the van. She just didn't see them. She right. saw a tan van. So is it tan? Is it white? Was right. there people in it? Was there no one in it? Like, we don't know. Well, again, like, even if there was a tape, this is not coming from the mouth of the robbers. But you know what is coming from the mouth of a suspect? Um, Scott truth. Peterson's tapes with uh, his mistress with Amber Heard, where he said, not Amber Heard. Amber oh Fry. Oh, my Holy God. Holy fuck. Amber Fry, uh, when he literally says that his wife is dead. <laughs> I think that makes a more compelling argument. Wait, when did he say that? When he said it was his first Christmas without his wife. Oh yeah, he doesn't say that on the recording. He says that in private, oh. and then and then she she brings it up. 
um, I do remember I was re-listening to one of our episodes, uh, the last one, and I, I said that he always referred to Lacey in the present tense, except for the Barbara Walters interview. That's not true. Oh, no. oh I miss, I miss, I miss saying it was also the Barbara Walters interview that he flat out was like, she was, she is, you know, like he mm. was correcting himself like twice. So it wasn't just the time he talked to Sharon Rocha about her. So yeah, that's really interesting that like, he can't even talk in present tense. It's kind of, um. What's that other family annihilator? Chris Watts. Oh, God. Yeah, I will never cover him. But, yeah. See, like, that's my thing is that, like, I have a really hard time with, like, uh, oh, I overheard this conversation or these rumors. Because, like, when a case is highly publicized, like this and, like, the John JonBenet Ramsey case, rumors and accusations come out so quickly. I want to stick to what is in front of us and not, like, the aftermath. I mean, we had people in the John Bonet Ramsey case that said, hey, I killed her. And then they like brought them in and it turns out they didn't. You know what I mean? Like people are clout chasers when it comes to this type of thing. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, that is I do think like the robbery could be a little bit on the fence because they also said something like, you know, when when they were picked up by the police, like, we had nothing to do with that pregnant lady. You know, it's like what are you talking about? Okay, but in the John Bonet case, I can't remember who it was. Oh God, what was his name? I'll, I'll look it up later. But um, he said, "Don't you guys have better things to do, like solving that pageant girl case?" Yeah, that was the husband of the maid. Yeah. Okay, so let's look at burglary statistics for two thousand three real quick. So, out of two point two million burglaries. A hundred ended up in homicide. That's <laughs> incredibly low statistics. Well, I heard I heard that they had a one of them had a record in like human trafficking. What? Where are you getting all your information from Scott Pepperman? I know. I no, 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 no. No, it was from it was from some sleuth who it was really hard to find anyone <laughs> walk me through the burglary theory seriously. <clears throat> I was like, okay, let me go to somebody who that's their thing. Like they're like, this is my jam. I think he's innocent. So I tried to listen to it, and I was like, I don't know. Like I, I haven't independently verified any of this. So. <laughs> I was gonna say I need I need the the verification here. Oh, kitty. Yeah. Uh, I need the verification here because I literally did nothing at work today, and s- except for like look up the burglary theory and i have not heard a single claim that you've made. Also, okay. if my boss is listening, I was in fact working. And was not looking up Scott Peterson stuff all day. Yeah, I'm sorry. This cat is like, he's a lot. He's cute. Do you feel comfortable putting the burglary discussion to bed? I mean, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I think, uh, I think you know, the simplest answer is, is most of the time correct. But there's and not like, a simple answer here. Yeah, oh, there is a guy, the guy having an affair killed. His <laughs> yes, that is the simple okay. answer. But here's the other problem: you have to discount the people who said they saw Lacey, the fact that there was a burglary across the street, the fact that someone called and saw a pregnant woman urinating outside of a van and being pushed in the car. I have like, not heard that claim either. <laughs> okay. But there's all this stuff you no, have no, no. to like talk only about the facts of the case. Well, that that is supposed to be like something that you can actually look up. I didn't do I, it, but 
<laughs> All right, let's look at the actual okay. facts that we know for sure that are not things that can be questioned, okay? Lacey Peterson was pregnant, eight months pregnant. Truth, like that is a correct fact. Scott Peterson was having an ongoing affair with Amber Fry. That is a complete fact. Scott tells Amber, well, I guess because it wasn't recorded, we don't know if he said um, that it was the first Christmas without his wife. Although I was pretty sure that no, that part she, was recorded. She said, you told me this is your first Christmas without your wife. And he was like, there's different kinds of loss. Here. Right. Okay. So, so he didn't deny verified that that's a good thing. Fact, Scott owned a fishing boat. This can be seen as a fact or not, but Scott Peterson claimed he was at the boat launch that day. That same area is where Lacey Peterson's body is found. Fact, we know that a burglary happened sometime between... The morning of Christmas Eve and the afternoon of December 26th. That's the only facts we have about the burglary. That's the only one. Oh, and that they stole the safe along with like some other assorted items. But what about the date, the death date of the fetus? The death date of the fetus? So in the trial, um, the guy who testified, he put all these... Uh, measurements into a formula that can, based on the baby's growth rate from the last ultrasound, calculate the day of uh, death because the baby stops growing when they die, obviously. Sorry, guys. Right. Trigger warning and all that. Um, but the expert used a formula. I forgot what the formula is called, but it's named after the guy who made up the formula. So at trial, this guy was like, oh, the baby died on the day Lacey went missing. But the expert who made the formula was like, actually, he did it wrong, and the baby died on the 26th. Again, I have not heard of that all, at what? all. What? Yeah, it was I in the documentary. Okay, no, it wasn't. Do was you, it, do you is this the same fish guy? Or not fish no. guy? Fetus guy? <laughs> fetus guy that got, like, kicked off the stand, essentially, for, like, not... Oh, give me a break, guy? About. That was the Tides guy. Oh... Yeah, okay, okay. Let me, okay. Let me find this. I think this is important that we bring this up. You know, yeah, you can cut this, this is, part out. This is interesting. Like, I don't know how the hell you can tell that, though, considering. How can it? Mm. Okay, run me through this. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. Let me find it because it was on that, that documentary on Hulu, I think. Or, or no, I think it was on my phone. I don't remember I seeing it. it on the documentary at all. It was. I mean, I I believe you. I kind of tuned out. I'm not going to lie when they started talking about the fetus thing because I was, like, really confused and I thought it all sounded really far-fetched. Yeah, it was the murder of Lacey Peterson. It's based on what's called fetal development. It's criticized Dr. Gregory DeVore, the state's expert. Dr. DeVore's testimony is based on what's called fetal development. And there are formulas that allow you to measure the bones of a fetus, and it'll tell you exactly uh, how old the fetus is and when the fetus stopped growing. And so Dr. DeVore takes a formula that was developed by one of the foremost experts in the world, a doctor named Philippe Chante, and he reaches a conclusion, remarkably enough, that Connor stopped growing on December 24th. And that is exactly what the prosecution wanted. And he was a very powerful witness. 
because this is forensic. This is science, after all, and it directly supports the state's case. The problem with Dr. DeVore, in a nutshell, he used the wrong formula, he measured the wrong bones, and he came out with the wrong result. The habeas lawyers for Scott Peterson contacted Dr. Jean T, and Dr. Jean T himself completely unraveled the prosecution witness testimony. Dr. DeVore measured the wrong bones. You should measure two or three of the bones, so not just the femur, but the humerus and the tibia as well. When Dr. Jante used his own formula and used the average of the three bones, he concluded that Connor lived well past December 24th and may have been alive as late as January 3rd. That was very different from the December 24th. January 3rd, really? Okay, yeah. Um. Okay, so my first question is, uh, they said in that that the original scientist who did the formula only Jean-T. measured Dr. Jean T. Yeah. Doc- only Dr. Measured... Jean T. Okay, I got you. Relax. Uh paging Dr. Jean T. <laughs> oh God. Uh they said that he only measured the femur, correct? That's so then correct. where did this original scientist get the numbers to plug into the formula for the other bone measurements? Do you mean why was Dr. Janti able to take an average of several bones, including the fibia and the humerus and the femur? I think those are the bones they said. Yeah, but I'm saying that the original doctor, Dr. Shanti, they said in that recording that he only measured the femur when the only way to get an accurate uh, calculation is to um, measure multiple femur, bones. multiple bones. So how did they get the numbers for the mm-hmm. measurements of the other bones if they were never recorded before? I guarantee they were recorded in an autopsy because this is a fetus. Like, this is not, like, we won't be like, oh, this person's humerus is 1.7 feet long. Like, we don't care. But if it's a baby, like, that might be relevant to something like this. Like, how much did he grow from his last ultrasound? Like, they can measure it, you know, in the ultrasound. So, they, I bet they measured all of the bones. I wouldn't be surprised. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. That's, what, uh recording was that what was that from the murder of lacey peterson part six where they talk about how scott is innocent on uh hulu it's from hulu but i watched it on youtube oh but it's the same okay yes yeah i don't know that one man that's a good point i have no i did not have the science backing Mm -hmm. for that it seems like a really touchy formula uh, if well, that's be... what is so weird is they said you have to use multiple bones. You took like an average of the three bones. And it's like, well, what if you took an average of two or what if you took an average of four? Like that sounds really weird. But according to this formula by Dr. Janti, the guy who made the formula about fetal growth um, from in the what do they call it uh, in the womb to death, I guess you call mm-hmm. it mortem. Um, he said that the baby could have been alive as late as January 3rd. So... Who was the doctor again for the original, like, formula? Like, the one who created the formula? Oh, who created it? Uh, Let me see. 
It's they keep saying Janti. I don't know how to pronounce it, but let me see if I can find. So it turns out Dr. Janti is the only expert that has claimed that the original formula was done poorly. Every other expert examined by the police department agreed with the original analysis of when the baby's death date was. Interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but it's like, I will say, like, for example, I, I can give a specific example of this. Um, when I was working at the hospital, there is like one person who literally wrote the books like that are in the office mm-hmm. on obstet- of on obstetrics. Like she wrote the book and there's stuff that she does that I'll like bring it up to other people. And they're like, what are you talking about? It's like, well, she wrote the book, but just because right. they're the expert, like doesn't mean, I don't know. That's a tough Well, one. there's also seems to be a lot of criticism for the initial formula as well, saying that it has never definitively like it cannot definitively mark those like death dates and a lot of people are calling it a pseudoscience i would not be surprised if it was because here's my my input how do you know the baby's getting adequate nutrition is there a difference between uh formula versus breast milk is there a difference between a baby that is um well fed versus a baby that hasn't you know been getting proper feedings is there a difference between babies that have a normal sleep pattern what about babies who have colic like there's so many other factors i feel like yeah oh uh, yeah a lot of this is saying that it's considered like sketchy science and that like the actual theory um itself is only just the theory um so it sounds like it from reading those articles, it kind of sounds more like the prosecution should have never really brought it up because if he does the formula wrong, it puts that into question. But it sounds like the formula in and out of itself is like not definitive or provable. That was that would have been a good thing to bring up because it's like, oh, this guy didn't even do the formula right. I don't think Yeah, they, for sure. I don't think they brought Dr. Jean T on stand though. No, it doesn't appear. Um, that way which also makes that a little bit even like that makes it even more uh, yeah yeah you know what I mean questionable yeah questionable look I'm not saying this guy can't be innocent I'm just saying that like for this case I think that there's always been you know a steady amount against Scott Peterson like we've talked about in the previous episodes like always trying to run away like uh fleeing to Mexico telling his mistress you know that his wife that he's getting rid of all of he got rid of all of Lacey. he was trying to sell her shit he sold her fucking car yeah before she was even pronounced dead he was he was trying to list the house and sell it furnished yeah we all know like this guy had a plan they wouldn't give sharon rocha her stuff like she's like i want my daughter's cheerleading uniform i want her tiffany lamps that she inherited from her grandmother and they're they're just being assholes to her it took like months of they literally robbed the house you know that right like sharon yeah. rocha's um, maybe they were the friends. robbers yeah right no dun, but they dun, literally dun. went and robbed their stuff from Lacey's house like Good. isn't that crazy insane it's fucking pathetic scott scott's whole family like i don't they're i don't know about the adopted like the siblings that were adopted out probably dodged a bullet but jackie peterson she's <laughs> like a nightmare and then the yeah. father like what the hell yeah the whole thing to me and, you know, I'm glad, yeah, I'm I'm glad we're focusing on these topics this season about, like, you know, how certain true crime things are portrayed in the media and stuff like that. And 
Uh, I'm excited to, to dig deeper into this, but I think one thing I've learned from following the Scott Peterson stuff is that you can have an alternative theory without making it the poster child for his innocence. You know what I mean? Like, you can have a documentary that talks about all aspects of things, but, like, I cannot stand that the Hulu documentary was completely biased in one direction, and they took, like, this theory that, if you ask me, is pretty shaky and, like, doesn't have a lot of merit to it and spread it like it's the truth. I think there's some sketchy things going on. Obviously, I think the fact that they can't say when or where or how Lacey was killed, then yeah, how come they can say who? You know, like, well, I think he... I think he could should have probably not been charged, but when you have the body, like I don't know, but they there was nothing. The, the body didn't tell them anything. Yeah, but that's just it, right? We don't know how she died and stuff like that because the body was thrown into the uh, well, water. I'm glad we can just all agree that it was probably related to Satanism. Obviously, that's where I was going with it. Um, I also, like, heard stuff about witchcraft, like, we should get into that more. Yeah, so um, six months prior to the murder of Lacey Peterson, Evelyn Hernandez was discovered um, as a torso with her hands missing, her feet missing, and her head missing. She was pregnant, and the baby was never found. This has been suggested that she admit they have been victim to a group of Satan worshippers who uh, removed her limbs mm -hmm. and obviously. head and baby. Obviously. Yeah, Yeah, obviously. Um, what they failed to mention is that uh, her boyfriend went on the run after putting taking out all their money from their checking and savings accounts. Uh, so, Satan yeah. worship. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Well, could it have <laughs> been a targeted attack such as Lourdes Avila, who owned a clothing store at 1313 Yosemite, and she reported on Christmas Eve, men were sitting in a car parked outside of her store, and they were acting strangely. She noticed that they were watching and surveying her. So um, the, the men finally got up, and she said they had this menacing look about them. <laughs> Uh, I actually am fluent in Lock Spanish. Lock them so I got, up. I don't, Lock yeah. them up. So I got to, when she was talking in Spanish, she was saying stuff like, I don't like the way they were looking at me. They look like killers. Like they looked like criminals, you know? Yeah. So finally they came up to go into her store and she got up and hid in the stock room. She was like, I'm pretty sure they were coming to kidnap or kill me or rob me or something. So Obviously, you know, obviously. She's like, it's still, she goes, I still have, like, nightmares about this. And they even ask her, they're like, what do you think about Lacey Peterson's disappearance? And she's, she's like, like, I don't know. It's exactly <laughs> like that day that people were in my parking lot. No, all she, she's like, I don't know. I don't really pay attention. And then she called her Leslie, and I was like, bless her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so this reminds me of a story. One time when I was like 17, me and my friends waited outside of 7-Eleven and did like the whole like, hey, mister thing. You know, you like, hey, mister, can you buy us alcohol? Uh, and these two guys came up. They were like, I don't know, maybe 20. Or no, they had to be over 21. Uh, maybe like, let's say 22. And they were like, yeah, we'll buy you alcohol. Like, here's our phone numbers. Like, meet us down the block in like 20 minutes. We're like, great. 
so we meet up with them just like on the sidewalk. You know, it's like 730 at night. Um, and they give us our alcohol, we give them the money, and we're like, we kind of stand there and like chat for a while because it turned out that my brother knew one of these guys. So we're like, oh snap, like I kind of know you. So we're chatting with them for maybe like 20 minutes before a police car comes up and says that the neighbors called because of a suspicious gang outside of their house, right? Um, we had no malicious intent. We were literally just chatting. Obviously, we were breaking the law by having them buy us alcohol. Uh, but outside of that, in no way, shape, or form are we a suspicious gang. I'm wearing, like, my Etzel Ford, like, track pants, you know what I mean? And, like, a sweater. Like, you know, it's really funny. incredibly young. Miss Jackson, who reported the murder, I don't know what her ethnicity is, but she reported the suspects as three dark-skinned males. Yep. And two of them were white. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Eyewitness like, testimony is so unreliable. It's so bad. And it's like, it's honestly disheartening, disheartening how bad it is. Like, we, we studied that a lot in social psychology where they would do like these tests where they would uh have like a fake like crime happen in front of like a hundred people, let's say, and like about 1% would like be able to identify like who actually committed the crime it's horrible it's like statistically that's why in any case unless it's like pretty definitive it's kind of hard to go on eyewitness account wholeheartedly you yeah know? i saw something like that in a show where they're like they actually secretly planted people in there to confuse people and it was like they had the guy's hair wrong, his shirt wrong, the kind of car he was mm -hmm. driving. Like they had everything wrong because people were like, "Yeah, I think it. I think it was a red car." And your brain goes like, "Okay, I can picture a red car." Yeah, like yeah. So. Well, and our our brains are are constant filters. Right. Like we take in so much information in any given second that our brains like will just like filter in and out what's important. So like, yeah, because we're talking about the Steve, like the. Um, Oh my God, I keep wanting to see, say Steve Avery. Because we're talking about Scott Peterson and people are being asked about Lacey and Scott Peterson, of course their minds are going to go to that, you know? But if you think about just the idea of being like, oh, did you see someone walk their dog by your house in the last few days? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for example, my neighbor, like, when's the last time I saw my neighbor? Uh, a couple days ago, did you see her yesterday? Uh, I think so. I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was a day before. Right, like, exactly. I don't, I don't know. Well, so we've talked about pretty much all the alternative theories. Um, if anyone wants to come debate us, if anyone is like, especially if you're a, uh, like involved in Scott Peterson is innocent.org.com. Oh my God, please. Um, my dream. We would love, no, I'm just seriously, I would love someone to like correct us. Oh, hell yeah. We do yeah. our best we're definitely not experts and we're definitely like, I'm not even that well-informed. I wouldn't even call myself that. <laughs> Unfortunately, an like we're just on here to chit chat about true crime, you know? And like, yeah, I think you do a really good job. I, I just do a really up. good job. <laughs> yeah. I just try to see everything from all angles and like, I think you do a good mm -hmm. job with that too. So, you know, I, I just want to shoot the shit. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, same with the John Bonet case too. Like if you're someone who, is more educated on the intruder theory stuff like that come on talk to us um if not next episode we will be discussing the brooke preston case 
Um, I'm really excited for this one uh, to, to talk about it because uh, I have so many opinions. Uh, color you surprised, right? <laughs> yeah. What don't you have so many opinions about? I was uh, discussing with someone recently that I hate as passionately as I love. And so, like, I have a thousand opinions about people I think are stupid or things I think are wrong. So, um, someone that you hate and love, you have twice as many. So, you have 2,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. My 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 relationship with my parents is really in turmoil half the time. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be covering the Brooke Preston case and along with the documentary Dead Asleep. Um, and... Outside of that, Lindsay's going to sing us off. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I wait, always... wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. I promised myself I was going to get better at this. Go on Facebook and Instagram and like us, subscribe, comment, share. message, share, all of it. Please, we want to hear from you. It's Listen Carefully, the John Bonet story on Facebook and on Instagram. It's Listen Carefully podcast. Probably. I don't Probably. use Instagram. <laughs> Wow. Well, you run the cool. Instagram. It is Listen Carefully Podcast. Yeah. Also, if you message us on um, Facebook, it's usually me that's responding. Someone asked me about that recently. I'm really bad at singing us off. I, I never know what kind of a song to do. That's okay. So, so I was like, what did we talk about? We talked about the burglary a lot. We talked about your initiation into the Scott Peterson cult. Oh. I think I did that last time, though, as, like, a jingle. No, last time, was it the, your, the walk in the dog, or was that the first one? That's terrible. <laughs> um, let me think for a second. This is really hard for me, because I have no joy in my heart, no music in my heart. <laughs> Why don't you have joy in your heart? What the fuck? all I do is go to clinicals. Well, this should bring you joy. I should um, bring you joy. Fuck, I, I want to do something involving to. Satan. Oh, yeah. Watch out for Satan. Watch out for Satan. Yeah. That was that? That was, that's, that's an encouraging message. Let's start thinking about what song you're going to have for the next episode. I will. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please go on Facebook, Instagram, uh, wherever... And uh, like, comment, subscribe, and share. Bye-bye. Are you going to say bye? Or are you just going to... No, I was waiting for you to wrap it up. It's fine. I Goodbye. did. I said bye. Bye.